Pastor Chris's podcast. So I, I heard a, a funny joke the other day. It goes something like this. Um, there was a, a professor from Princeton. He's flying on a plane to Kansas. And he's sitting in his seat on the plane. And in comes this um, sort of rough-looking guy. And he, he reaches out his calloused hand and shakes his hand and introduces himself. Well, hi, I'm George. What's your name? And the professor says... My name is Dr. Edwards. And he sort of rolls his eyes and is annoyed and is hoping that this guy is not going to talk to him for the whole flight. He has a book to read and he just wants to enjoy reading his book and get there as quick as he can. But unfortunately, the guy continues. So you're a doctor. Have you ever saved anyone's life? And he says, I'm a doctor of physics. I have a PhD in physics. I'm not a medical doctor. And the guy says, oh, I'm sorry. I I didn't know physics needed doctors. I never went to college. I'm a pig farmer. And the, the professor sort of rolls his eyes and just hoping that this will end, but it continues. The pig farmer says, I tell you what, how's about we play a game? Uh, you ask me a question and if I don't know the answer, I'll give you $5. But since you're a whole lot smarter than me, if I ask you a question and you don't know the answer, you give me $50. That's, that's only fair since you've got all that college learning. And so the professor's a little, you know, worried about this lopsided payout, but he figures he's much smarter than the pig farmer with his degrees that he could probably get the best out of this game. So he asks uh, the first question. He says, all right, as light from a star spreads out and weakens, do gaps form between the photons? And the pig farmer scratches his head and says, well, golly, I just don't know. You got me on that one. I have no idea. Here's $5. Now it's my turn to ask a question. He says, What is the bacteria inside a pig's stomach that helps him digest his food? And the professor, a little concerned now, because he doesn't know the answer. He says, well, I don't know. Here's $50. He gives him the $50 and he says, so what is the name of the bacteria inside the pig's stomach that causes him to digest his food? And the pig farmer says, God, you're good at this game. I don't know either. Here's $5. You know, there's a, there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom is gained through experience. The world often has its own kind of wisdom that's gained through life experience. Jesus has another kind of wisdom. It's the wisdom of the ages. It's gained through existing throughout all eternity. For, the, for Jesus is the Word of God. John 1.1 says... In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The world has its own wisdom, but God's wisdom is infinitely, eternally better. One bit of worldly wisdom says, the most important thing is to have a roof over your head and food on your table. That's pretty practical good wisdom. On the one hand, it reminds us of two of our most basic needs, food 
and shelter. It would be incredibly foolish to spend all your money on fancy clothes and the newest smartphone if you don't have any food to eat and you don't have anywhere to live. I've actually known some foolish people who live with that kind of attitude. They will spend money on things that they don't really need, luxuries and things, and then they struggle to have their light bill paid or to pay their rent. And you wonder sometimes about them, and you just sometimes want to grab them by the shoulders and shake them and say, come on, man, the most important thing is to have a roof over your head and food on your table. This bit of wisdom also serves as a, to admonish us to live a simple life. I mean, what do you really need? This thing tells us you really don't need a bunch of things. You don't need a lot of material possessions. You don't need a, a fancy car and gadgets and all of those kinds of things. All you really need is a roof over your head and food on your table, and you'll be fine. And that's a good reminder, especially in our age of opulence when we crave so many things. And we go into debt trying to get things that really don't last and really don't give us that great amount of a pleasure. Well, I'm really more interested in what Jesus said than what the world says. I'm a Christian after all. I follow Jesus. Jesus calls all Christians the same way he called his disciples in the New Testament. He comes to us and he says, come, follow me. So what did Jesus say to those who follow him? Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, do not live by bread alone. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then again in Matthew 8, 20. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. If, mere, if, if humans are merely animals, as some evolutionists in, in our modern times believe, if we are merely animals, then the world's wisdom would be enough. All animals need to survive is their basic biological needs fulfilled. But humans are more than animals. We were created by God for a relationship with God. By the word of God, humanity was created. His words breathed life into our body, and they continued to do so. And so even after our basic needs for food and shelter are met, we yearn for something more. It is precisely this deep yearning inside that often drives people to neglect tending their basic need to have a roof over their head and food on their table. They neglect it because there is something inside them that makes them foolishly chase after luxuries, fancy cars, clothes, gadgets, knit snacks, whatever. Some people, perhaps you have known them, perhaps you have been one of them, are addicted to buying things or even pursuing relationships because they feel that there's this deep emptiness inside and they hope that the next new thing or the next new relationship will fill the emptiness inside them. Humans obviously have needs that go beyond food and shelter. 
We also need relationships. And yet even friendships and romantic relationships don't completely fulfill us. For even people who have all their material needs met, who have good friends, who grew up in a good family with healthy relationships, and who now have a healthy marriage and a happy marriage, sometimes these same people still feel like something is missing. What is this deep need we have deep in our soul? Jesus said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You may think that it was easy for Jesus to say that, but what if he was starving because he got laid off from his job and he couldn't put food on his table? What would he say then? Well, understand that Jesus lived in a time in history and in a place in history that was very poor. People around him, and I'm sure even Jesus, did struggle to have food on their table quite frequently. Furthermore, Jesus actually said these words after he had not eaten any food for 40 days. He'd been fasting for 40 days. Have you ever gone without eating for 40 days? I dare say, probably none of us. And yet, Jesus did. And at the end of it, he still affirmed this eternal truth. People were made for a personal relationship with God. So close that we hear his words. Because people do not live by bread alone. We live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That relationship with God from where we receive the words of life that feed our soul come through Jesus Christ. For as John 1.1 says, Jesus is the word of God. One would think then, if we have a roof over our head and food on our table and we have a relationship with Jesus, then we are all set. But then Jesus goes on, and he calls us to follow him, and when we come after him to follow, he says in Matthew 8.20, Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. What is that all about? From the moment Jesus began his public ministry to save the world, he began to call people to follow him. And, and as we follow him, we find the word of God, which is the bread of life, the thing that finally satisfies the deep longing in our souls. Yet the three years of Jesus' ministry, while he was in the midst of those three years of ministry, he didn't have a home. He didn't have a roof over his head. He literally didn't have a roof over his head unless he stayed with a friend who put him up for the night. Jesus was homeless as he went from town to town sharing the word of God. Foxes had dens, birds had nests, but Jesus did it. And if you followed him in the New Testament, it meant that you probably weren't going to have a place to lay your head either. 
The 12 disciples that followed Jesus through the years of his earthly ministry, from town to town, they too did not have a roof over their head unless it was provided by someone who generously was helping them. But this is 2,000 years later. What about now? Are Christians today called to be homeless like the disciples in Jesus' day? Of course not. We're not, we don't have to do that. Maybe there are some special people in a special ministry that are called to leave behind their home and to go and to do ministry in some way. But the majority, the vast majority of Christians are not called to leave their home and to become homeless and to be in ministry that way. Still, choosing to follow Jesus as your Lord requires a shift in your worldview and in your priorities. Your worldview changes when you realize that your roof is not your roof. It's the Lord's roof. So when you become a Christian and you, you accept Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you realize that He's coming not to stay at your house. You begin to realize that you are now living in His house. The roof over your head is not your roof, it's His roof. Let that sink in for a minute. Furthermore, when you follow Jesus as your Lord, your priorities change. Before Jesus was your Lord, the most important thing was to have a roof over your head and food on your table. But now the most important thing is to follow your Lord. And if you are faithful to your Lord, you will follow Him anywhere, even at the expense of the roof over your head. This change in attitude and priorities goes against the world's prevailing wisdom. But as the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 1.25, this foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. You know, the world's been a lot through a lot of craziness over the last year. The pandemic has revealed how vulnerable our world is, how vulnerable our communities are. People have lost jobs. Businesses have closed. Supply chains have been broken. Do you remember how eerie it was to go into a grocery store and to see that most of the shelves were empty in America? Doctors and experts have been baffled by a virus that gives one person the sniffles and the next one ends up in the ICU and then dies. It's scary to realize how vulnerable we are. How we, we thought we could count on things and then we found out we couldn't necessarily count on them. All of that we've been through over the last year made us feel vulnerable. The truth is, we were always vulnerable. We just didn't realize it. I hope that all of this has helped you to turn to God through Jesus Christ. 
Because in Jesus, you will find that God takes care of you no matter what comes your way. Even if you find yourself without a roof over your head and food on your table, God will take care of you. Just as he took care of Jesus and the 12 disciples and those early Christians that were willing to give up everything to follow the Lord, even though it went against everything the world around them said, and even caused the world around them sometimes to hate them because they believed that Jesus was their Lord. Even if you find that you are in an ICU dying, you know we're all going to die of something someday. And when that time comes, you can trust that God will take care of you. Through Jesus, you have hope of eternal life. And you will be with the word of God for all eternity. And he will fulfill your greatest need. Jesus is calling you to come and to follow him. But the question is, what you have to decide is will you follow him? Or will you continue to believe that the most important thing is simply that you have a roof over your head and food on your table? Or instead, will you believe that people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God?